So before we hop into today's episode, I did want to just give a little bit of a disclaimer. We are not medical professionals. This is not medical advice. Um, We just wanted to share some things from our own experiences, but uh, please don't take anything we're saying as medical advice. Just speak with your healthcare provider if you guys have questions. Um, We just wanted to share a little bit about our experiences with uh, pre-pregnancy and pregnancy. And along with that, I also wanted to give a disclaimer that we are going to be talking about uh, female health, women's health, all those kinds of things. And so if that's not something you're comfortable hearing us talk about, now is your chance to turn this off. Um, and um, also if you you know maybe are listening and your children are nearby, and again, it's nothing inappropriate, but we do just are talking about women's health and pregnancy and conception. And so, um, you know, if that's not something that maybe you want them to hear or you think that they're ready to hear, we just wanted to let you know ahead of time. So, you know, maybe throw on your headphones or listen to this when they're not around. But we are um, excited to talk about this today. It's obviously a super important thing as mothers, and um, we hope that you can be um, encouraged or just even enjoy listening to us talk about our experiences. And um, anyway, so let's hop into the episode today. I'm Stacy, And I'm Emily. We're Christians, wives, moms, and best friends. We always knew motherhood would change our lives. Little did we know how much. We're here to talk about the challenges and victories we all encounter day to day. Motherhood is a journey, and there is so much joy to be found. You're listening to Mom Calling. Hey guys, welcome back. What's up, you guys? We are going to get back into our pregnancy, birth, and postpartum series tonight. We meant to do pregnancy last week, and it turned into a pre-pregnancy episode because... We just had too much to say, I guess, and we never quite got to the pregnancy part. <laughs> yeah, so it was all about pre-pregnancy. So yes, for those of y'all who are in that stage, if you have not heard that episode yet, you should stop what you're doing, go back and listen to that episode, and then continue on to this one. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I'm kind of glad it worked out that way because I feel like there's a lot of important things to talk about with pre-pregnancy, too, so... It was good. I think it was therapeutic for Emily and I, as well as informative. And I think we, I learned some things even from that conversation from Emily that I didn't know. So that was a fun one to um, talk about. But yeah, tonight we're going to hopefully cover pregnancy, although there is so much to talk about when it comes to pregnancy. (laughs) So we'll see how much we actually get covered. But um, and no ranting this week. We we were qu- on quite the rant the last couple weeks, but I think tonight we've just been, I don't know, if we're both yeah, just tired or what. Yeah, we got all out of our system. <laughs> we're good for now. We've gone through Christmas. We're holly jolly. There's nothing to rant about anymore. The new year is coming. Yeah, we're setting goals for our new year. Oh, yeah. But do you... um? Do you have a mom fact, M, for us tonight before we I hop do. in? I do. I do have a mom fact. So my mom fact is on mom brain, which Perfect. is a term that I feel like we have all heard time and time again and experienced a lot. I don't know. 
I didn't think the mom brain was a real thing or even pregnancy brain. They say that that's a thing. Um, but literally, I feel like I am constantly forgetting things. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like I that uh, that quote I saw a couple years ago, it was like, I have, you know, 87 tabs open and I forget how the quote is. Like a page is buffering. Yeah, like a page is buffering. There's music in the background. That I can't find. Yeah, I can't find the music in the background. Like something like that. Like that's me. Yeah. I actually more more recently have been getting more and more embarrassed because I'll be like in the middle of talking to someone and it's not just like Pat or you. And I completely, it's like I completely lose it. And I'm like. (laughs) Oh my gosh. What was I saying? <laughs> like, what were we talking about? Oh, I can't remember. Like, I know. I, I'm i the same way. I feel like I just at this point have just chosen to believe that mom brain is real. And I'm not even really worried about if it is or not. I mean, I think it is, but because I don't, I don't, I don't want to think about what else could be the reason why I forget half the stuff I forget now. Like, I know it's anyway. wild, but yeah. All right, let's talk about mom brain. So roughly 50 to 80% of moms report what's sometimes called mom brain, the brain fog and mental bloopers associated with pregnancy and new motherhood. Individual experiments offer conflicting evidence, but a 2018 meta-analysis of 20 studies found that memory problems and poor executive functioning do seem to be common themes, starting in the first trimester and worsening through the third. In a first-of-its-kind groundbreaking analysis of pre- and post-pregnancy brain scans published in 2016, researchers found mothers lose gray matter during pregnancy, and these losses endure for at least two years. But volume loss may come with some benefits, too. The brain zones used for processing and responding to social cues might get more efficient in pregnancy as the woman who suffered the biggest gray matter losses scored higher on a standard assessment of a mother's attachment to her child. That is so crazy. That 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 makes me feel a little better. Yeah, I mean, because you're like, you're still on year one, Stacey. You can be a crazy and not remember anything for another year, and you have a meta analysis. <laughs> okay, so I have a few questions, though, because, okay. Okay. First, I had to I had to look up what executive function was because I have no idea what that is. So, all right, me neither. It's a big it basically, word. And I had trouble saying it. It's. <laughs> It says that executive functions are a set of cognitive processes that are necessary for the cognitive control of behavior. So it just, wow. yeah. Anyway, yeah. I still not <clears throat> more big sure words, and now I'm so confused. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Uh, anyway, thanks for trying to look that up, Stace. I have like a vague understanding now. Um, but <laughs> my second question is: Okay, so does this mean endure up to two years, like after each child? Because if I have like a child every two years or so, does that yeah, mean then I you're will, just like constantly? In brain fog. And are you saying, yeah. like, does it add together? Like, you had Penelope. Partially. So you started, so you started right. your two years. And then 
have you know yeah like does it continue as well as it's like is it compounding like is it gonna just yeah i mean i had two kids in 16 months and i feel like i lost all of (sighs) all my mental capacity i will say i like the term they use mental bloopers because i feel like that's how it is like because I'll have those moments where sometimes I'm saying something and like, you know how when you watch bloopers, sometimes it's like two or three times until yeah. they finally get it. And that's how I am when I talk. Like I'll be trying to say something and it'll take me two or three times of trying to say it before I get my brain together to actually say what I'm trying to say, <laughs> you know? Yeah. No, I mean, I've been there a hundred ten percent. I, like I said, those most recent ones of just being like incomplete talking to someone mm-hmm. and then it goes have been so embarrassing. Mm-hmm. That actually happened to me. I like, I want to say it happened to me um, very publicly. Like I had to speak in front of our church. Oh, yes. You told about, me about this. Um, about like the Bible study yes. that I was running and like I was talking and then it just like was gone mm-hmm. and, and I'm like, Oh my gosh. Okay. So you who know what knows? I also- like maybe that was like stress, like because mm-hmm. I was like on right. stage. I don't know. Do you know what I also think it is though too? I think it's actually a sign of a strength. I think because a lot of times women and moms in general are very like um, good at multitasking I think what can happen sometimes is like we're trying to think like 10 steps ahead. And so then sometimes instead of focusing on what we're doing, we're thinking about like all these other things. And then all of us, and usually we can, I think, do that. And then sometimes you just get too into that other thing. And then you realize all of a sudden that you're, you've lost like the autopilot to continue doing what you're doing. Yeah. And then you're just like, wait. (laughs) And you have to like snap back into the present moment of like, wait, what am I doing? You know what I mean? A hundred percent. And I actually have started like writing notes because like things will just come to me throughout the day. Mm -hmm. I'll be like, oh my gosh, I got to do that. Oh my gosh, this is a good idea. Oh my Mm -hmm. gosh, I need to pay this bill. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I need to push out this like whatever auto show. Oh yeah. And I'll think to myself, because this will happen like in the morning when I'm firing on all cylinders (laughs) and I'll think to myself, oh, I should do that tonight when the kids go to bed. But then by the time the kids go to bed, I'm like, oh my gosh, peace and quiet. I'm Mm -hmm. alone. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm not doing anything. And so I start like writing myself notes in the morning now. Mm -hmm. And I just have like a running list of notes. Oh, totally. I do the same thing. I have like, whenever I think of anything, I either put it in my Google calendar as a reminder or in my notes app. I don't even know how many notes I have. I should count. It's like a ridiculous number. I have so many notes. I need to look. Oh my gosh. Side Should we note, count? Let's how compare. Many, yeah. So I really don't have that many notes. I have 142 on all iCloud. Now watch. You you don't have any pictures, <laughs> but you have like 20,000 notes. Okay. So I have, oh my I gosh. have 226 notes in my phone. Wow. That's ridiculous. And I even try to delete them when I don't, like, you know, need them anymore. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's crazy. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Well, 
But yeah, no, I like as soon as I think of something, I put it in my notes or I put it in my Google calendar so that then I don't have to try to remember it because I won't. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Too many notes. I need to go and like start deleting things off oh, of my phone. Me too. But I need to add that in my reminder to do. Go through yeah. and delete my reminders. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so funny. Oh man. All right. So pregnancy. Yes. Um, Let's talk about it. So where do we begin? Well, I guess finding out, right? That would be like kind of the beginning. Oh, yeah. Okay. This is okay. good. This is good. I like this. Okay. How did you tell Scott that you were pregnant? Oh, yeah. Okay. So <clears throat> I think, yeah, I shared it on the last podcast. And was it planned? Like, was he expecting that potentially you could be pregnant? Yes. So I, I like tried to be sneaky. Scott and I have like a really hard time surprising each other because we just like tell each other everything. But basically, um, oh my gosh, I just had a mom brain moment. Uh, hold on. How did you surprise him? Oh, right. Okay. So were, <laughs> were you guys planning on it? Yes. That's was what I was surprise? trying to think of. Okay. So yes, we had decided, you know, like we wanted to, um, try and have a baby. So, and fortunately we actually got pregnant pretty like very quickly. Um, and so, and it's like such a weird experience too, for that first time of being in that limbo of thinking like, Oh my word, I could be pregnant right now, but I don't know. It's a very strange experience. Um, so, you know, I was in my like two week wait or whatever. And then, um, I decided, you know, I had done a little research about when you should take a test and all this stuff. So I, um, decided to take a test. So I did test pretty early. So the first time I took a test, it was negative, which I kind of expected because I knew I was testing early. And I think I might have even tested like two days in a row, but it was super early. So I wasn't surprised that they were showing negative. And so I, um, but what I, what I did was I, I took tests and I told Scott, I was like, you know, they're negative or whatever. And, um, and we had just started trying. So I was like, he was like, you know, oh, that's fine. And I was like, yeah, I know it's fine. And you know, whatever. So I had already told him that I got negative tests. And so, but I knew that like I would keep testing, but I didn't tell him that. So, um, the one day he ran out, he had to go to the, uh, the, uh, like Lowe's, the hardware store. And so while he was out, I was like, okay, I'm going to take a test. And, um, I'm trying to remember, I, th I can't remember now how it went. Cause there's no way, like if I had found out, there's no way I couldn't have told him right away. So I think I thought I might be pregnant. And so I went and bought stuff to like surprise him. And then, um, while he was out at the hardware store, is that what happened? I can't even remember anymore. I think this is what happened. <laughs> I took a test and I thought I saw a line and I was like, okay, oh my goodness, is this really happening? So when I saw that, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to take a digital because digitals are not super sensitive. Like, so you have to really be like, get a strong positive for it to show up on a digital is what I've heard. So I was like, I'm going to take a digital, but I'm not expecting like, it'll probably say negative. Like it's fine. So I took the digital 
and did the whole waiting thing. And I actually recorded myself taking it just because I wanted like the memory of if it was positive, like I wanted to have it on video. And so I took a little video and um, it came up positive and I was like in shock. Like I was so excited, but I was just like, I couldn't believe it. And then um, I was like, okay, I was like, I have to get this together before Scott comes home. So (laughs) I got all this stuff together. And basically what I did was um, I kind of recreated how he proposed to me. So when he proposed, he had these like little wooden letters and he kind of did like a word scramble where the letters spelled out different like attributes about me that he admired. And so I had to like unscramble all the letters and then he would say why that reminded him of me. It was super, super sweet. And so, um, I, that's how I wanted to do it. So I bought all the letters. I found extras from when he proposed or something. And I just put the letters that said, we, we're having a baby and put them in like a bag and gave them to him and said, I had a puzzle for him to figure out, which he pretty much knew instantly. As soon as I said, I have a game for you, he knew because like, you know, but it was still really fun. And he had to unscramble and everything. And, and he was really excited and I was really excited. And, and then I think like, it was like that same day or something. I'm like, I can't keep secrets. Like, about exciting news. I mean, I do if I have to, but I don't like to. So it was like the same day we called my mom and um, we told my mom by playing, we both love I Love Lucy, the show. And so there's a scene in one of the episodes where Lucy tells Ricky she's expecting and they sing this song, um, We're Having a Baby, My Baby and Me. And so when we called my mom, I put that on in the background and I was like, mom, I wanted to show you something and so I put it on and then she like figured it out and she was really excited. And then I think it was that same day or the next day we told Scott's parents too. And so, um, yeah, it was super, super fun. That's like a super, such a fun moment. Um, in, in, yeah, the beginning of pregnancy, but what about for you? How did you tell Pat? So with Liam, he was our first and Um, I've shared previously that it was like harder to get pregnant with him. Um, I was just very irregular on my cycles. And so I definitely think that that, you know, played a key role in it. Um, but so I had been trying since like July and I think I finally got pregnant in January. So like a good solid, like six months. So like every single month, it was the same thing. I would like think that I might be pregnant. Um, just because I was so irregular, I would go 40, 50, 60 months without getting a period. Months? And so, yeah, I would go or months. Weeks or, or days. Months. I would go months without having a period. Yeah, but you said 40, 50, 60 months? No, 40, 50, 60 like days. Days. Or, oh, like, I see. Months. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Like, and then it would turn into months. Right. Does that make sense? Okay. Gotcha. So, um, so like, you know, it wasn't, I would think that I was pregnant. I thought Mm -hmm. I was pregnant multiple times because I would get sick and I still do. And I think that's just common for some people when they cycle. Mm -hmm. Um, I will get symptoms of pregnancy where, Hmm. 
I will get nauseous Mm -hmm. like prior to it or like really dizzy and lightheaded or like a weird stomach um, or like, you know, my poop changes, um, stuff like that. So, (laughs) you know, we're going to talk about poop on this podcast. Um, Poop is normal, people, and you should be doing it every day. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Anyway, so I... um, had been trying and then every month that I wouldn't get it and I had like psyched myself up and then I would like, you know, get my period. I, it, every month it got more and more devastating and yeah. I was just like, man, like this really sucks. Like why can't we get pregnant? Like I don't understand. We're doing what they say you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Just have sex and do it when you ovulate and like you'll get pregnant and it wasn't happening. And so finally, you know, actually when he, when I got pregnant in December, you know, but then found out in January. Right. Um, I had, he was gone. We had just come back from Christmas break. We came to Pennsylvania. We had gone back to where we currently lived at that time. It was San Diego, um, California. And so he was, he was on a ship then and, um, he had to go out And so he was gone for like three weeks and I remember like taking, I think I took an early test, like really early, like super cheap early test and it was negative. And I was like, oh, this is so annoying. Like, here we go again, another negative test. And, um, I waited a couple more days because I think that that was like, You know, when they say you can test up to six days before your missed period, Mm -hmm. Um, I, yeah, did that and then it was negative. And then a couple days later, I decided to do it again. And then there was the second pink line. And I think I just like, I was, I can remember just sitting in that bathroom being like, oh my gosh. And I like instantly started crying Mm -hmm. and I'm like 98% positive. You were one of my first calls. Like Mm -hmm. you knew before Patrick knew. I did? Yes. He didn't know until days later. Oh, wow. I can't see. I can't remember because I was going to ask you because I remember how you told me with Sawyer, but I couldn't remember with Liam. That's funny because I don't remember how I told you with Sawyer. (laughs) okay well you all have to fill each other in (laughs) yeah you have to tell me um but anyways so I told a couple people I I told my mom but I don't think I told anybody else Mm -hmm. like I mean I told a couple friends right and but I didn't tell my dad or anything he got back a couple days later um from you know his work trip and I had planned, like what you said, like I got him a little gift. I actually got him a really cute. Um, I remember this now. Okay. Yeah, I got him a really cute little baby onesie. And yeah. it was a Irish because yeah. Patrick is Irish. And so I got him, you know, a St. Patty's Day because it was January. So they had the St. Patrick's Day stuff out at mm-hmm. Walmart. So I got him a St. Patrick's Day onesie and I got the boy one, which is funny because I didn't even know that we were going to have a boy. I just right. liked it. So I picked it and then I put the pregnancy test in there and then I wrapped it in like a, a gift bag. And so 
I actually have a video. It's really funny. I still have the video. Yeah, I remember um, you sent me the video. Yeah, and he was like, we had a friend at the time who was a military spouse, and she lived in the area, and she had also recently got pregnant. And so he's like pulling it out and he's like, oh my gosh, like, what's this? You know? And like, he like looks at the onesie and he's like, this is so cute. And then he's like, what are you pregnant? And then he was like, no. And then he like rips open the bag again. And then he sees the pregnancy test and he was like, oh my gosh, is this yours? Is this hers? You know? And I was like, no, <laughs> it's not hers. It's mine. And like, oh my yeah. gosh. No. That's so um, funny. So that's how I told him with Liam. And then with Sawyer, I actually had been going kind of postal, if we're going to be honest. Um, I was six months postpartum with Liam and I had been having a lot of um, postpartum depression, which now looking back, and I think I've said this in previous episodes, I really wish that I would have had more education on um, how to properly rebalance my body. Um, and so I actually, I don't even, I, I don't think that I even, I mean, I was pregnant, but I didn't know I was pregnant. I kept taking test after test after test. And I mean, like for weeks and it, they were all negative. And then, um, I, I also never got a period back. Like, so I didn't have a period for like two years. And it was so funny when they, when you call and you're like, yeah, like I think I'm pregnant. And they're like, okay, like when was the last date of your, you know, the date of your last period? Like, you know, I'm making this call in May of 2016. And I'm like, yeah, my last period was December of 2014. And the lady was like, <laughs> what? And I was like, yeah, I had a baby. Like I was pregnant and then I had a baby and then I, you know, now I'm six months postpartum and I never got a period back. I've been breastfeeding, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. She's like, oh, wow. So actually when I finally, finally got a positive test with Sawyer, I think you had just been there, Stacey, mm -hmm. or you had, you either had just been there or you were coming. No, I had just I been there. You had just been there. Yeah. And because um, you came like the end of May, and I think I found out the very beginning of June. Mm-hmm. So actually, when I went for my first appointment, I was already 10 weeks pregnant. So it's really oh, wow. crazy that like my body did not pick up on the fact right. that I had been pregnant for so long. But yeah. Yeah, no, I remember because... So yeah, I came to visit you and I think, yeah, it was the very end of May, beginning of June. I think I actually might've been there like the first week of June. And then I remember because I came home and I went right from my trip down there into helping at teen camp. So I was at teen camp all week. And the day I got back from teen camp, I went to the movies with my mom and her friend and I was sitting in the movie theater. And I remember when I had come down to visit you, you were talking about maybe wanting to like get pregnant, but like you've been taking tests and they were negative. And we kind of joked about like, what if you're pregnant right now kind of thing? Like maybe you're, you're already yeah. pregnant. Cause I think you were trying to take ovulation tests or something. And I was like, well, maybe you're already pregnant. And so anyway, so yeah, I was at the movies with my mom's friend and her and I saw you were like FaceTiming me or something. And so I ran out of the theater really quick and just ran out into the hallway because I don't know if it's just because I wanted to say hi or if I kind of had a feeling maybe you were going to tell me something. So I ran out and you were in your kitchen and I think you kind of said hi or whatever. And then you like held up the test and I was like, oh my gosh. And yeah, so 
I remember that's how you told me went with Sawyer. So funny. But, what yeah. did you do for Judah? So, yeah, for Judah, okay, so thankfully, again, with Judah, we actually um, got pregnant really quickly. So I was about 17 months postpartum. We waited a little longer because then we would have probably because I had a C-section with Penelope. So we had to wait a little longer. And then, so we got pregnant pretty much right away. And fun story is I actually found out on Father's Day so, oh, that's so cool. Yeah. And it was, okay, so it was also a thing where I thought I was sick, which I mean, I might have been sick too, but um, I just had like this cold and I just felt really like bleh and tired and stuff. And so that morning, um, I ended up staying home from church, but Scott was teaching Sunday school. So Scott went to church and then um, Penelope stayed home with me and um, we just hung out at home because I wasn't feeling well. And I kind of on, not on a whim, but, um, I like, wasn't going to take another test and I was like, ah, whatever, I'll just take a test. And I took it and it was positive and, or, or I think it was another one where it was like a, a normal one. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure I see a second line there. So I took a digital and I'm like waiting and waiting for the digital. And then the digital came up positive and I was just like so excited and Penelope was there with me. So I was like talking to her about it. And then I was like, okay, I have to figure out how I'm going to tell Scott. So, but for me, it always has to be something quick. Cause like, I can't wait to tell him. So, um, he came home from church and I told him, I was like, oh, I want to get, I had Penelope dressed up in a really pretty dress and I had done her hair and stuff. And I was like, oh, I want to get a picture of you and Penelope for Father's Day. But, um, so I had them go over like by a window or something. But instead of taking a picture, I started recording and I was like, okay, you know, um, on three. Okay. And I, so I said, um, one, two, three. And then I said, mama's pregnant. And he was, it took him a second and he's like, wait, what? And so, um, so he was really excited, but yeah, that was a fun one too. Oh, that's and so, so fun. Yeah. But I can't remember. Do you remember how I told you about either of the kids? I don't no. remember. Well, you told me about Penelope. You were at my house. That's right. Oh, that's right. You came right. down, Pat was deployed. That's right. Yeah. So that was, I had literally just found out. And I was, I had been planning to go down to visit you like for a long weekend or something because Pat was deployed. And so I think I was like four or five weeks pregnant when I came down, but I, like, I had just found out. And, um, so, and it's, <laughs> so this is the funny thing was that like, basically from the day I got married, every time I said to Emily, guess what? She'd go, you're pregnant. <laughs> so, <laughs> I so still I got do there. That. <laughs> so I got there and. I was so excited. And again, I like couldn't wait to tell her. So like I literally just, it was like within an hour of me being there. And um, so I go, guess what? And she totally stole my thunder. She's like, you're <laughs> pregnant. I was like, yeah. <laughs> How'd you know? <laughs> so yeah, that was really fun. Oh my god! And gosh, then with Judah, I don't remember how I told you. I don't remember either. Anyway, crazy. but so much fun. And then the nausea starts. <laughs> the nausea's horrible. Oh my gosh. That's one of my top the if I had to make a top list of things I hate about pregnancy, 
That's probably number one. Mm. Did you feel worse with one kid over the other? Oh, yeah. Did you? And I mean, I shouldn't complain too much because compared to a lot of women, mine was really not bad. Like, I never really actually, like, vomited. So, except, well, once or twice with each one. But I think it was it was related to other things. It wasn't just from the, the pregnancy. But, yeah. Yeah, so with Penelope, I was, like, pretty nauseous, but it was manageable. Like, it was just, like, I just kind of didn't feel well all the time. But it wasn't, like, anything crazy. And then, oh, my word, with Judah, I was just so, like, sick. Like, I would just... It was like, and it's like a weird combination of the sickness and the tiredness that just makes you feel even worse. And so a lot of days it was just like, I'd be in the middle of doing something and I'm like, I have to go sit down and I'd have to go like kind of sit on the couch and lay my head down and just lay there for a minute until I could kind of pull it like, back get together. It together. Yeah. And then sometimes it would be like even like an hour and I would just have to sit there because I felt like I was going to be sick. And, um, and I just had trouble, yeah, eating certain things and, um, I didn't you know have a ton food of diversions you had. Yeah. I'm trying to remember. I, I don't really remember. See, I'd have to ask Scott. I don't really remember if I had a ton of food aversions. Um, but I remember, I think I had trouble with like raw vegetables. Okay. Cooked was fine, but raw vegetables for some reason I had trouble with. And then I remember at least with Judah, craving okay do you know from wendy's they have those salads with the chili on the top (laughs) yeah it was something about that i was like oh my gosh because it was like i wanted the salad part but then there was something about the chili that like soothed my stomach and so which is hilarious i know isn't that weird like chili like yeah so but it, it had to be like that chili like that type of chili. And so I was going there to get the salads and I'm like, okay, well, I can't do this every day. So the one day I just went and got like two or three of the big tubs of chili. And then I just like made my own salad at home. But there was like a solid probably two or three weeks there where that was pretty much all I ate was the the salad with the chili. With Um, Liam, all I wanted was, uh, I wanted pickles and sharp cheddar cheese. Ooh. And I would just like good. eat it. So gross. Ugh. You don't normally like that? No, I mean, it was okay. Yeah, I don't normally like that. I like, I have not craved it since. Did anything like make you. Did, were, did you feel like your smell was heightened? Yeah. Yeah, I felt like I could like smell everything. And I feel like I've kept that. Like, I feel like I can smell things really intensely. Even <laughs> now. Oh, I, my gosh. I can I remember when I was pregnant with Liam. Mm-hmm. I wasn't that far along, but I wasn't nauseous yet. Mm-hmm. So I was only, I was probably only like six, seven weeks, you know, because it's like right around that time frame when you're like, oh, yeah, pregnancy's mm-hmm. not so bad. And then it's like, wham. Yeah. Um, Patrick was cooking ground beef. Mm. In our apartment in San Diego. And it wasn't even anything crazy. Like it wasn't, you know, it's not like he was cooking anything weird. Nothing was spoiled. He wasn't Mm -hmm. using weird seasoning. I was sitting on the couch and I could just, I like all of a sudden, I just was like so aware of the smell. And I was like, 
you got to take it out. Mm-hmm. You got to stop. <laughs> oh my gosh. And he was like, are you kidding? Is, is this really making you like nauseous? And I was like, yes, my gosh, I'm going to puke. And then, but it wasn't really anything specific. Like with Liam, I don't really remember any like weird specific aversions. And I was really nauseous with him. But like you said, I didn't really throw up. I can remember Mm -hmm. a couple of times maybe I got like queasy enough that I was like gagging Mm -hmm. or, oh, I can remember I nannied for this lady in San Diego and it was like around, um, it was like near St. Patrick's Day or something and she had these cupcakes. She's like, oh, you can have one, you know, like when I'm at work, like go ahead and have one, help yourself. And I wasn't going to. And at the last minute I was like, oh, I'm going to have a cupcake. And I ate this cupcake and I immediately like went and barfed and was like, it wasn't worth it. Yeah. <laughs> but with Sawyer, um, so the nausea with Liam ended around like as soon as you turn that corner into, mm-hmm. um, you know, second trimester, it was, I was golden. But then with Sawyer, I hated chicken. Like the smell of chicken, the sight of chicken. I could not eat chicken. You could not eat the chicken around me. And it didn't matter. Fry, it did not matter how it was cooked. Fried, grilled, regular, you know, like whatever. I could mm-hmm. not stand it. I was like, oh my gosh, I'll never eat chicken again. But mm-hmm. luckily it went away. But I stayed sicker with Sawyer longer. I was sicker until like closer to 20 weeks with Sawyer. Oh, that's it nice. sucked. Yeah, like 18 to 20 weeks. Yeah, I think I was sicker longer with Judah too. Not that long, but it was longer than with Penelope. Yeah, that's definitely one of the least favorite like parts of it. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um Yeah. I feel bad for the women who, like, it comes back towards the end of pregnancy. Mm -hmm. Because I think that's still technically considered morning sickness. Yeah. Yeah. Or women who have it, like, the whole pregnancy or something. Yeah. Yeah, I'm thankful it wasn't worse than it was. Because especially, like, when it's not your first, like, once you already have a child or ho- however many, because it's, like, you you still have to, like, make sure, you know, like, you have to take care of them during the day and make sure they're fed and changed and, like... Baby so, number so one hard. was so easy. But it seemed hard. You know, that's what I think is hilarious is because it's such a culture shock, you know, with your first baby that, you know, it seems hard and because it it totally changes the way that you live. It changes your life and your day to day and your sleep schedule, but it is so freaking easy. Like it doesn't seem easy, but it is easy. It's never going to be easier than that. And your first pregnancy, it's never going to be easier than that. Because like you said, when you get pregnant for the second, third, you know, like however many times you've been pregnant, now you just have more kids to take care of and you're right. more tired and you have nausea and like all these things. Like, so. Ugh. Yeah. No, thanks. Yeah, for sure. Luckily I have older kids now. So like if I did end up getting pregnant and I was sick or something, they would be able to take care of me. Mm-hmm. So that's good news. Good news. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Do you think that you guys will have any more kids? 
Are you open to it? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's always kind of like, we'll see and just like take it one at a time. But yeah. Now, how did you handle like, because I think the other thing along with, you know, the physical symptoms that can come with that, like the nausea or whatever, is the like Googling, the constant Googling, (laughs) which like we'll talk about this when we do our like um, anxiety and health anxiety series. But um, that could become a problem because it's hard because, you know, like I talked about in the last episode, depending on the provider that you go with, you don't get like a ton of time with them. And so it's like you go in and you have accumulated like potentially a month's worth of questions or concerns. And you're trying to sit there and like rattle them off in five minutes. And, um, and then because you have to wait like a whole nother month to like, if you have any more questions come up, like I did end up like having to Google a lot and, you know, try to ask other moms and stuff too. But, but then it's like, you know, Google can be like such a blessing and a curse because it can be really good to find information, but then it can also just uncover other (laughs) concerns. And it's like like a rabbit hole. It's like a dark, it's like the deep, dark abyss. It can be nice. Mm -hmm. Like you said, for these quick little, like rattle it off quick, you know, like I'm, I'm getting a quick answer or it can be like the black abyss where you're like, Oh, wow. I mean, that pertains to what I was asking, but Whoa. I didn't think of it like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. This is linked to that, you know, and then you just like keep clicking more things and you're just like, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I don't really feel like I Googled too much. I think some of my questions, you know, like that I had or, you know, needed attention for, I got really bad like sciatic pain. And so I had to go see a chiropractor and things like that. Um this would not matter anymore because I've switched to all non-toxic skincare products, but, you know, had to figure out like, oh, I'm using this for acne. Mm -hmm. Is this safe? You know? Mm -hmm. And like the esthetician I was going to at the time was like, no, we recommend that you don't use this. But then I actually asked my pediatrician or my uh, OBGYN Mm -hmm. and he was like, yeah, that's fine. In a low amount, like you're using is totally fine. And I was like, okay, that's contradicting. Like, I know, you know, that's the other thing. It's like all the conflicting advice you get. It's so confusing. And it's like, and then it's everything. It's like, yeah, your skincare or your diet or physical activity or like supplements and medications. And it's like, all of a sudden you have, what were some of the questions that you felt like? I'm trying to think. So one was like, I was really nervous at first about like physical activity because you just like never having been in that situation before, especially in the first trimester, I was like a lot more nervous just because, you know, you can't feel the baby move yet. And you like, in my mind, I'm thinking the baby's like much more small and fragile. And like, I was more nervous about hurting the baby and stuff. So it's just like every little thing I was like, okay, is this okay? Or like if I'd bump into something like my stomach, I would get like so stressed out. Like sometimes I remember a couple of times I would, I forget what I would do, but I would somehow bump into the counter, like the kitchen counter, like right there. And I would be like, Oh my gosh, like, what if I just hurt the baby? And, um, and then just so much about, cause any kind of, it was so hard to get an answer. Yeah. With like, I can't remember anything specifically, but like food or supplements. Cause 
anything you look at, they always say, if pregnant or nursing, like speak with your, your doctor. And it's like, oh my gosh, I can't talk to my doctor about every single thing, you know? So it was just, yeah. ugh, it was so hard. Like, is this greens juice okay to take right. while I'm pregnant? You know, it's yeah. just greens. Like, And it's just like, unfortunately, a lot of that stuff, you just have to hope you have like a mom friend you can ask or like, you know, you just have to yeah wait till like your next appointment and then ask then or, you know, but, oh man, there's just like constantly things, at least for me that I was just like worried about eating or drinking or doing or everything like, um, okay. So because, I thought yeah. of one, mm -hmm. we talked earlier and I said something about poop. I was trying mm -hmm. to think, well, I was trying to think of things that I've, that I Googled when I was pregnant. There mm -hmm. was one time in particular, did you ever get constipated when you were pregnant? I don't, not that I remember. Cause they talk about it and I should look up why, but they mm -hmm. talk about like how constipation can be like a symptom of pregnancy. Mm -hmm. And so I was taking something. That's another thing. I was taking something, um, to help me like go to the bathroom, but I forget why I stopped taking it. Maybe I ran out of it. I don't even remember. And it, but it was with Liam and I got so backed up. It was like three days I hadn't gone to the bathroom and you're big and fat and pregnant. And then on top mm -hmm. of it, you can't poop. Oh my gosh. Talk about uncomfortable. And my parents were like, well, why don't you just like, okay, drink some prune juice or like eat some prunes. So then I like, I actually like the taste of prunes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I might be a minority here, but I like the taste of prunes. I think that they taste good. Um, but they went and they got me a bunch of prunes and I ate like five of them. And then I was dying even more. But then I pooped and it was fine. But there I forget go. what they say. I will look that up right there. Second on Google. Why does pregnancy cause constipation? An increase in the pregnancy hormone progesterone can cause your gut to work less efficiently and your food to move more slowly through your intestines. This is known as reduced gastric mo motility. Another cause of constipation is the medicine and supplements that the woman that some women take during pregnancy. Okay, so here's my food for thought. Eat good food. So whole food and take a probiotic. Like you should be taking a probiotic before you get pregnant and then take a probiotic while you're pregnant. Mm -hmm. I honestly, you know, and this is not medical advice and I'm not a doctor, but I can't think of a single person or a single instance, like I can't think of one where you would not be able to take the probiotic while pregnant. Again, talk to your healthcare professional, but you know, if you're getting a good quality supplement, you know, so you're not going, I'm not saying go to Target or Walmart and like get a probiotic, like get something that is actually going to work, that is alive and, you know, going to do its thing. And get it from like a good source, you know, where they mm -hmm. actually take care of their stuff and they care about what's going into it. They also don't have filler agents in there. You know, you got to watch out for that stuff, you know, corn and soy and like all of these other additives. Do you have any other thoughts, Stacey? I'm trying to think. Yeah, I don't 
remember having any issues specifically like that, but, but I know that can be a thing. Cause I remember, you know, especially the first time when I was looking up like symptoms or signs that you might be pregnant, I remember that was one either, either like diarrhea or constipation. So it's definitely, yeah, you want to make sure you keep it moving. Um, well, we could head into the second trimester, the feel good trimester. <laughs> yeah. The second trimester is pretty good. I don't have a lot to say about it. Yeah. The I second really trimester, either. I feel like you get into it and you're like, wow, I'm in the second mm -hmm. trimester and you usually aren't nauseous anymore. Mm -hmm. Those are my takeaways. And you have like, in my opinion, you have the biggest growth in the second trimester. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's nice because even though you're still growing, you're not like so huge yet that a lot of things are, you know, difficult. I mean, you can still be uncomfortable, especially sleeping, but in general, it's like, I feel good because you finally aren't so tired and sick anymore. Usually. And then, um, with baby yeah, your number one, not huge yet. baby number two, you're screwed. <laughs> you're still tired. Not, not necessarily. Not, I, not wholly. But. Right. But I, cause I know I definitely, it lasted longer, but I definitely, I think I started to feel better by like 13 or 14 weeks with, with Judah. Yeah. The Where nausea like is pretty good, you know, for mm -hmm. first, second, you know, whatever. I mean, the tiredness. The right. tiredness goes away with the first baby because you don't mm -hmm. have anybody else to run after. Mm -hmm. But with the second baby, you're like, I'm still so tired. <sighs> yeah, I'm yawning thinking about it. <laughs> Stacy's yeah, still trying to recover. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was say, I don't know that I have that much. Like, other than I feel like that's when I really started prepping, like... Um, because like I was finally feeling better, I feel like I started thinking more about like, you know, thinking about all the things that like you need and preparing, like not really buying that much stuff yet, but kind of thinking about the things that you want to get. And, and again, more so with your first, but, um, I don't know. Cause like when, in the beginning, when like, at least for me, when I was so sick and stuff, it was just like, I didn't even, I couldn't even really think about that. Cause I was just kind of trying to you know, get through the day without getting too sick. And, um, but yeah. And your second trimester is usually when you find out the gender. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Typically. Did you find out the gender with both of your kids? Yeah, we did. We found out. So for Penelope, I, we just found out at our anatomy scan, um, at 20 weeks. And then with Judah, I was kind of wanting to do, we never had done any like extra ultrasounds with Penelope, like any of the like, just kind of like fun ultrasounds. And I kind of wanted to do that with Judah. So part of it was because with Penelope, um, and thankfully everything ended up being okay, but with her at our anatomy scan, they thought that there were some potential problems. And so... It was like one of those things where I knew that that could happen, but I just wasn't expecting it. And so like went into that day, just super excited because I knew we would get to see her and like they would, it would be a long ultrasound because, you know, those are, and so we would get to see her do, you know, hopefully move and do all kinds of things. And, you know, that we would hopefully find out the gender and all that stuff. And so even though I knew that they're, you know, they could potentially find problems, I just was like, oh, you know, it's just, it'll be fine. 
So then she did the whole scan and everything. And I'm just thinking everything's fine. And and then all of a sudden she's like, okay, the doctor will be in in a little bit to talk to you guys and go over the ultrasound. I was like, okay. And we'd already found out the gender. So we're sitting there like all excited. And then the doctor comes in and she's like, okay. So, and basically like, um, they had thought potentially from the ultrasound, she said it looked like there was a little more fluid moving through her mouth and throat than normal. So they thought she might've had a cleft palate. And then sometimes that can be signs of um, genetic disorders sometimes. And I was like, oh my gosh. And then they also thought her, her kidneys um, were, I think it was her kidneys were um, smaller than they would expect. And I was like, oh my gosh. And they said, normally that will resolve itself by 38 weeks. Um, And then they said the soft palate thing is just like potential, but still it's like, then you're sitting there with all of a sudden, like with all, all this, this information and you're like, yeah, now stressed. And so I was like trying to not panic. Um, and thankfully, like I said, everything ended up being fine. Her kidneys were fine and she didn't have any kind of, um, cleft palate or anything like that. But, um, so anyway, all that to say that then when I was pregnant with Judah, I kind of wanted to ha- find out the gender separately from the anatomy scan because I was like, you know, I just want to be able to enjoy that and not have it be combined with this potential, like, stressful, Something's scary wrong, ultrasound. Yeah. yeah. So we ended up going when I was, I think, 15 weeks or 16 weeks to, like, a local ultrasound place and um, and found out, and that was really fun. So and it was so funny, too, because the lady – could tell super quickly because with boys generally they can tell oh, a lot yeah. faster. So um, it was like within the first like 10 seconds, I think of the ultrasound. She's like, Oh, I know what you're having, which then that was my first clue. I was like, Oh, I bet it's a boy. Cause I'm like, if she could figure it out that fast, it's probably a boy. Yeah. So, and that was really That's fun. Awesome. Yeah. I remember you found out pretty early with Liam too, didn't you? Yeah, we went, because Patrick was going to deploy. And so from January until May of 2015, um, when he deployed in May, from January to May, he was gone like a lot for work. They were doing training. And so he would leave for like three weeks out of every month. So like January, February, March, April, he was gone three weeks out of each month and only around for like one week. And so we had very little time. Um, but I really wanted to find out and I can't remember when it was, I want to say it was like maybe like April. I want to say it was like maybe like March or April. And, um, we went to one of those 3d ultrasound places and, um, we found out like pretty much right away. And it was a lot of fun. And then mm-hmm. with Sawyer, I don't think I did that, but I can't. Oh, with Sawyer, yeah, I was in Florida, but I went to my anatomy scan. So I didn't do like the 3D thing mm-hmm. or finding out early. I just went to my anatomy my anatomy scan and they um, told me. But yeah. I told them, I actually, we did a gender reveal for Sawyer. And, um, cause I remember you were there mm-hmm. and I, um, told them not to tell me what it was and like write it down. Mm-hmm. But I told Patrick that I was going to look 
And so I knew what it was. I mm-hmm. mean, it was obvious. Mm-hmm. And I cried mm-hmm. literally because like I had thought it was a girl just because my symptoms were so different. Mm-hmm. And we had only picked out girl names. We had no boy names. And so we were going to that gender reveal that night. And I like asked Pat, I was like, so like, we should like maybe come up with some boy names. And he was like, what? Did you see something? And I was like, no. Like, I just thought like it, you know, we should come up with something so that we have it, have it available. Um, but yeah, crazy. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so much fun. I don't know how people do it where they wait until the like the baby's born. I know. I could never Me do too. that. I don't think I could either. No. Because I had said with with if we have a third, because we already have a boy and a girl, I felt like maybe I could wait. But now I'm like, oh, man, I don't think I can. I think I'm always going to want to know. <laughs> yeah, because you think about it like – like you could know at any point in time right. during that yeah. nine months. So it's like, why torture yourself? Yeah. Okay. So I think we've pretty much covered second trimester. Cause honestly, a lot of it is, yeah, just not feeling nauseous anymore. And then the anatomy scan is kind of like the big thing. But I mean, really beyond that, I think, yeah, if we want to move into the third trimester, which, yeah. Really, what stands out about that is just how swollen you are. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so swollen. Oh my gosh. And you're just so excited. You're like, yes, I finally hit the third trimester. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. But what you don't understand is just like, it has just begun. And you're like, you think, like, I don't know about you, but especially for your first kid, it's like you think. I don't know. At least for me, it was like you go into the third trimester and once you hit the third trimester, you're almost like, yes, I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. But now knowing what I know and looking back on it, it's like, oh, honey, like it is just (laughs) like the fun has not begun. There is no light at the end of the tunnel. Like still dark, still dark in there. (laughs) I seriously, I mean, it's. I don't know. That last trimester just feels like forever. I mean, well, you went long with both of your oh kids, my right? Gosh, I did. I mean, it's just like the weirdest. Like, oh my word, it's so long. Because yeah, I went to almost forty-two weeks with both. Well, I did. Technically, Penelope was born at forty-two weeks, and then um, Judah was born at forty-one and five. So. Oh my gosh. It's so long. Cause even if you, it's like you kind of start thinking, like when you get to like that 36 week mark, you're like, oh my goodness, you know, one more month, even though, you know, you can go past that. And then it's like 37 weeks is when you can safely deliver. You know, if for me having a home birth, like you can safely deliver outside of the hospital once you hit 37 weeks. So that's an exciting milestone. And then it literally just feels like once you hit 37 weeks, you're just waiting. And so then, yeah, like if you have your baby at 39 weeks, that's like two weeks, which still is a long time when you're uncomfortable and big and pregnant and you just want to have your baby. But like if you're like me and you go to almost 42 weeks, it's five more weeks, which 
is just like it sounds so like long. an eternity. <laughs> it's so long. Like I just, oh my word, those last few weeks were just. Sorry, I'm, I'm being very negative right now. Not, <laughs> but it is. It just feels like the longest time. But I'm like, okay, if we have more, hopefully with this next one. Because I will say I felt like a little more prepared with Judah than I was with Penelope to wait longer. So I'm like, okay, now with this one, if we have another one, you know, like I'll be even more like aware. Okay, I'm probably going to go late. quicker with Judah than it did with Penelope? My Like the time? Like, so how many days? Like at, when did you deliver him? Like at what day? 41 40. and 5. And she was what, 42 something. Yeah. So it, it was weird because, so with her, I ended up getting induced at 41 and five. And then I had a C section at 42 weeks. And then with Judah, I went into labor at 41 and four, and he was born at 41 and five. So, okay. yeah, because usually, like, especially yeah. if your babies are closer together. I feel like th at least the encouraging thing for all y'all listening is that you kind of grease the skids almost <laughs> like I, I, it's true. My mom always said that she's like the second baby. And after that, it's so easy. Like you've greased the skids because truly I feel like the first birth is like the worst. I mean, unless you just have some sort of magical situation that's happening and that's not like anything negative. It's just, you have to think about it. Your, your body's mm -hmm. never, ever experienced that. Right. It's never stretched this way. It's never dilated like this. Like this mm -hmm. is all new for your uterus and your cervix and vaginal canal. Like it's all new mm -hmm. for it. And so, you know, it's, I don't know, it's wild. But then with the second one, it's like, I feel like there's muscle memory of some sort where your body's like, oh, I've already stretched here. Like I'm good. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. That's just, that's my personal opinion from yeah. my experience. Um, and I would wonder, cause like for me, um, so because Penelope was born via C-section, like Judah was my first vaginal birth. And so in some ways, like in a lot of the ways that you're talking about that, that was really my first time doing all that. Cause like with Penelope, I never really dilated past, I think I only got to like two centimeters. So my body didn't, go through that whole process and so i'll be interested to see yeah like if we do have another one if um it's more like that because a lot of the things with this with judah's birth were like how a first time mom would be as far as you know how late i went the length of labor and all those and how long i pushed for um which i mean all of that is can you know doesn't necessarily go faster with, you know, um, subsequent pregnancies, but a lot of times it does. So yeah. that would be exciting to see. <laughs> it would be. Um, yeah. With Sawyer, at 38 weeks, I was already five centimeters dilated and 80% effaced. I'm That's like, yeah, crazy. I'm just walking around the beach. <laughs> I might have a baby. It might just fall out today. <laughs> like, that's just like um, amazing. So I actually didn't go into natural labor with him. They induced me and it was super quick. Um, but okay, here's a question for you in the third trimester. Mm -hmm. Did you feel like in the third trimester you were really swollen at all? Did you notice 
And was so, it yeah. different between pregnancies? I actually, amazingly, thankfully, I didn't really ever swell. I, okay. I mean, now I did my feet swelled, like, especially those last few weeks. But thankfully, I never, um, I mean, obviously, like, I was big. Like, my belly was big. And you have that little bit of, but it was more like chub. It wasn't fluid, I don't think. Um, and yeah, thankfully I never had any major swelling in my hands or my feet, just the kind of little bit of normal that you get at the very end. But, um, cause I know a lot of women do and I was prepared for it, but, um, thankfully that didn't happen. And I, but I know, I remember with you, if I remember correctly, you had it pretty bad, like right at the very end with Liam, right? Your feet got really uncomfortable. Yeah. So I was the biggest in my pregnancy with Liam during the summer. And I think that like really added to the situation. But I seriously was humongous towards the end of my pregnancy. Um, my feet and ankles were almost like unrecognizable. Like it was just mm -hmm. like one big blob. Like it just was one big blob. And I remember so Patrick was deployed and, um, we went on family vacation with like my dad and my brother and my sister-in-law and stuff like that. And, um, we went to Myrtle beach and, you know, we'd be out on the beach all day and then we would go and get ready. And then we would go out to dinner and like walk around shops and stuff. And I can remember I, it was like one night we were walking around, uh, it's called barefoot landing. And I was like, mm -hmm. I'm dying. Like I literally, <laughs> I cannot, take another step because it was like every time I stepped, it was just like sheer agony mm. because my feet were so swollen. It was ridiculous. And you could actually take your finger and push it into the top of my foot and it, your imprint would stay there for like a couple minutes and then it would slowly go away. Like there was that much fluid. It was disgusting. So actually when I ended up like having Liam, they had me... I don't even know what it's called. Is that called? I don't, it's not an anemia's blood. So it's, um, ah, what is the name? Preeclampsia? No, hold please. There's like, there's literally edema, edema. Okay. Hold oh, please. Oh, yes. <laughs> All right. So it's called edema and it's, um, swelling caused by too much fluid trapped in the body's tissues. And so whenever I was pregnant with Liam and gave birth, after I gave birth to him, it was still so bad in my feet and ankles that they came in like every so often and they checked me like they, and my mom had to massage my feet and legs. Mm -hmm. Um, cause I think they might've been like threatening to put me on medication. Like, I don't even hmm. know. Um, cause they want, they want that to drain out. Um, right. cause obviously like that's not good. And then I think they put those things on my legs in the hospital bed that like oh, massage my legs where it like almost like, yes. And like, it's real tight. Things. Um, yeah. So it's called edema. And so, but I didn't have any of that with Sawyer. I can't even remember really? like, being swollen with Sawyer at all. Hmm. But their pregnancies were like completely different. But I also had Sawyer, not in the winter, but I had him in February. So, you know, like yeah. Liam was in October. So he was coming off of like all the heat of the mm -hmm. summer and all of that. Um, and so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that makes a difference. Oh, man. Yeah. The third trimester is like, 
I feel like the hardest part physically, I don't know. Do you think that the third trimester or the first trimester was harder physically? Uh, I don't know because I feel like you're so tired in the first trimester and like, I want to say 90% of people are probably like wanting to gag. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) so for me, I don't like that, that like, I can't, I would rather, I would personally rather have physical pain opposed to like the, I feel nauseous and queasy 24 seven. And I, you know, feel so tired. We're like in the third trimester, I feel like I was tired, but not as like tired in my head. If that makes Mm -hmm. sense. It was more like my body was like, okay, I need to sit down, but I didn't feel like at any second I might fall asleep. Where in the first trimester, Mm -hmm. I feel like you're just so it's like a struggle to keep your eyeballs open. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I, now, if I if I had had worse nausea and stuff, I might feel that way. But honestly, I feel like, and I've had really big babies too, so I feel like, like I'm just bigger at the end. So honestly, I think that part's harder for me, like that last few weeks, because it's just oh, it's so uncomfortable, and I get like the worst restless leg syndrome and my back hurts and it's just hard to sleep and like, Oh man, I don't know. So I don't know if I had to pick, I'd probably say I'd rather like the first trimester is not like the, the, sorry, the third trimester I think is physically harder for me. Yeah. But but they're both difficult. But now on the flip side of that, I will say like the third trimester and I mean, starting in the second trimester, but like the third trimester, some of the positive things are like, I love like how much you feel the baby move, like in the third trimester. And mm-hmm. like once they're really big and it's so cool, like there were times like I would love to just sit at night, like on the couch and just like watch my belly. It's like the coolest thing. And like when you can it's see like a the little, little alien rolling yeah. across your stuff <laughs> and they'll do those little like wave moves where it's like. You'll see it's almost like an elbow and it's just like your whole belly rolls and like, oh, yeah. it's so cool. Um, So that was that was probably one of my favorite parts of the third trimester. And even like with Judah, Penelope was old enough because she was almost two. Well, she was over two when he was born, but like in the third trimester, she was almost two. And um she for christmas i think last year or that year she had gotten like a little doctor kit like Aww. a little play doctor kit and so she yeah. would she went to my midwife appointments with me a lot of times with scott and i and so she would see the midwife like do my blood pressure and listen to the baby like the heartbeat and everything so she would use her little um the little what do they call it stethoscope yeah, stethoscope. And, like, put it in her ears, and she would, like, try to listen to the baby's heartbeat with, with her little stethoscope. That is and so cute. It was so sweet, and I'd, and I'd be like, oh, does the baby sound good? She's like, yeah, sounds good. Oh. <laughs> it was the sweetest thing. I have a little video of her doing it. It was so cute. But so that That's was adorable. a lot of fun because she definitely was a lot more aware of my belly and stuff, you know, the bigger I got. and Yeah. Um, so that was fun. How was Liam? Like, do you remember when you were pregnant with Sawyer? Yeah, like Liam couldn't talk yet. 
Um, oh, that's know, right. Yeah, because he was like, so little. Yeah. Like he could say maybe like basic things like mom and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like I don't think he really understood what was going on. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I have a video of him like hitting my belly, like with his face. He's like, bah, bah, <laughs> yeah. bah. Like, um, but yeah, he, he just used it more like a pillow, I think. <laughs> Just yeah like, this Aww. is comfortable um yeah and then because they were so little together it was like you had to keep him from killing his brother like no joke yeah. because you know what i'm saying like he was liam was still a baby himself yeah they're like he didn't understand the concept you know like sawyer would be in like the little bouncer thing like what is mm-hmm. that the like seat that it sits it's almost Mm -hmm. like a bassinet but it like kind of bounces he'd be in that and liam would like climb on top of him and it's like all right can't sit on your brother (laughs) like (laughs) or you can't fling him out he's gonna die like you can't do that um so just stuff like that that i think added to the stress at the beginning where it was just like oh my goodness it was wild it was a wild Mm -hmm. time (laughs) yeah well, and then another thing, I'm just trying to think of all the things from the third trimester, because I feel like a lot of it at that point is just, like, gearing up for the birth, too. Like, um, so, and we can get into this next week when we're going to talk about the birth, but the births, our births. But a lot of that, and I mean, earlier, too, but it's like you're really finalizing your birth plan and kind of what you want to do. And so... um I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I guess we'll save that till we get into that next week. But that was like a big part I remember too, is just like trying to make sure um, that's all finalized and like written out, you know, and um, because of the experience I had with Penelope and ending up having to have a C-section and um, I just wanted to make sure that I had everything as much as I could prepared, like if I did have to transfer to the hospital, I had my like hospital birth plan. So I had my home birth plan. But then I also had a hospital birth plan written up just in case I had to transfer there. Did they help you, um, like, write that up? Or did you just, like, come up with a hospital plan? Like, was that just something you came up with? Sort of. Part of it was just having had a hospital birth with Penelope, I was, like, more familiar with um, that already and like the things that they wanted to know um or the things that i wanted to make sure that were written in there like you know that wouldn't automatically just happen being in a hospital you know Uh and so and then the other part of it was oh i can't believe i didn't see anything about this okay so and again this do this would be more like first trimester but with judah another thing that was different was we actually hired a doula okay for uh, my pregnancy and birth with him I like a thousand percent get a doula. Like they are so worth it. Now they, it is often, especially if it's a good doula, it is expensive, but um, they're like worth their weight in gold. Cover it's, that, right? No. However, I believe if I remember correctly, at least for us, and we researched this, our doula was HSA eligible. So what is um, that? Basically, we. That's like your uh, health savings account. So for some people, some insurances, you can have either 
um, along with your insurance coverage, you can have a health savings account or a, it's called an FSA, um, sometimes too. And so with her, after we did some research, I'm pretty sure I'd have to double check it, but at least here in the state of Virginia, you can use HSA funds for, towards the cost of a doula. So basically we just, um, paid her. I forget if we, I think we wrote her a check. So I think we paid her and then reimbursed ourselves with our HSA, but I don't know. Don't quote me on that. I would need to double check. Um, Because if it wasn't, then we didn't do it. We didn't misuse our HSA funds. But (laughs) I think I remember we looked it up and I think we were able to do that. Um, But even if not, like, I've heard different ideas about this. So, like, one thing is, um, because honestly, a lot of times, like, baby showers are wonderful. But a lot of times you end up getting a lot of extra stuff, like, and probably more than what you really need. So, if you are able to cover like all the things that your baby needs, one of the things you can do is instead of having, you know, if people want to give gifts, you can have a thing where people can go in and help like cover the cost of a doula. That's like one idea I heard that I thought was really cool because seriously, it's like worth more than like all the clothes, all the fun toys. Like, so basically what a doula does is, and our doula, I'm sure they're all different in some ways, but, um, is there there for support? So they're there to help you through the pregnancy process as far as navigating information, um, and stuff like that. And then they're also there to help you make a birth plan. And they are also there to come during your labor and birth to help you with support. So, um, which was another great thing because, you know, like, um, whether you do a home birth or a hospital birth, like if you're doing a hospital birth, you know, you have to be to a certain point dilated and, and progress before they'll admit you to the hospital. And the same with a home birth, like you generally have to be to a certain point before your midwife is going to come. And so until Mm -hmm. that point, you're, you're kind of on your own, but a doula will basically come whenever, at least ours will come whenever you feel like you need extra help. So, okay. Um, which was great. Like we and Scott and I were just talking about this actually the other day. And he was saying, seriously, our our duel's name was Jess. He's like, Jess saved my life because I don't know what I would have done. Like I literally thought I was going to have to take you to the hospital because I was in so much pain and like it was in my back and Scott just couldn't find like the right way to relieve the pressure. And so we called Jess with Judah And so we called Jess and I think, so I started labor around 9 PM and then I think we finally asked her if she could come around 2 or 3 AM. And, um, it was like literally from the time she got there, it was just like magic. Like she just knew exactly the right way to rub my back and I could actually like go to sleep in between contractions. It was amazing. Um, so seriously, they are, if you can find a good one, they are incredible. And, um, that's something I would really recommend doing, like, especially in your first trimester, because they can be a great help even throughout your pregnancy. Um, was anyone even there postpartum? to help with um, Penelope or was she, how did you guys work yes. that? So thankfully, and this was the hard thing is like with, you know, with the delivery is because you could go anywhere between like 37 and 42 weeks, you know, like, and we don't live locally to our family. So you know, we couldn't just have someone here happen to be here, you know. So we yeah. tried our best to coordinate it 
um, my mom was here. How was it now? I think my mom was here the week I was due or something. And then Scott's parents were here between 41 and 42 weeks. And then I, so I had him while they were here. And so, um, thankfully it also worked well. Okay. I'll get into all this later in the birth story, but, um, thankfully then, yeah, it worked out. They were here and they were able to help take care of Penelope while I was in labor and gave birth and everything. Um, that's awesome. But yeah, having a doula seriously, like, and she, okay. The reason I brought her up to what we think of her was she helped us with our birth plan. So mm. she just helped us kind of navigate what things are important, especially if I ended up going to the hospital, what would be some things I would want to have in there. Um, and then just helped us think through what things, you know, where, what decisions we wanted to make as far as, um, you know, potential medications and circumcision and like all those things. Um, so anyway, they're amazing. That's awesome. Get a doula. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I'm like getting tired just thinking about, I don't know. Pushing a baby out <laughs> your it, vagina. Well, like just the whole thing. Like, does it ever tire you out? Like, I feel like next week's episode is going to be really exhausting to like talk through <laughs> the birth stories. Yeah. I just like it. It actually makes me tired to talk about it. The trauma. Man. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> well, and just even like, even if it goes well, it's just, it's a lot of work, you know? And oh my gosh, it's, it's so much exhausting. work. And then it doesn't end there. Right. Well, I was going to say, just the well, beginning. Oh, yeah. That's the beginning of the end. <laughs> um, what I was going to say is that, um, mm -hmm. Okay, so at the end of pregnancy in your third trimester, how did you feel like you slept? And how did you feel like you peed? Because <laughs> I feel like that's all I did is I peed. I peed so much. I would wake up like five times a night and pee. I was never comfortable. I literally slept with like a hundred pillows. I had like one jammed under my back, one on underneath like a thigh on the other side. And like, I was so uncomfortable, but then mm -hmm. you would finally just like get that right spot. You'd pass out for like seven seconds and then you'd have to pee. And I was like, eh, mm -hmm. I'm going to the bathroom. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I went to the bathroom a bazillion times. Or did you ever get Charlie horses in your leg, like in your calf? I can remember that I... happening multiple times. I don't think I ever did. I had more of the, like, restless leg thing. Okay. That was more my, which, that was horrific. Like, um, which basically would happen to me is, um, because, you know, you're not supposed to lay on your back, especially once you hit, I think, like, 20 weeks or something, because of the baby putting pressure on your, I think it's called the vena cava. It's, like, that major vein or artery that runs through your back. Okay. Um, and so, or not through your back, but, like, through your midsection. So anyway, so like when I would sit at the couch at night and stuff, you know, you can't, you can't lay back, but it's also not super comfortable to be like, you know, you want to lounge a little. So I'd be like kind of slightly leaned back, but making sure that I wasn't, you know, I was still pretty much vertical, but, and I would have my feet up so that my feet were kind of elevated, you know, to help with preventing swelling and all that. And so, but literally like I would hit a point where I couldn't sit like that anymore. Like my, my legs would just twitch. Like I couldn't. 
And the only thing that would help once I hit that point was I had to go to bed. Like I couldn't move into any other position on the couch. Like I had to go to bed. And then, you know, of course, like, yeah, you're trying to do the whole thing, like sleep on your left side with a pillow in between your knees and a pillow in between your ankles and then a pillow behind your back so you don't roll onto your back in the night. And then, yeah, like (laughs) if you're drinking enough water, typically I would have to get up and pee like two or three times a night and then – um and all that but but another thing i'm i don't know why i'm not thinking of these things until now is um highly recommend going to a chiropractor um while you're pregnant so um the thing i from the research i did when i was looking for one it's um important if you can find a webster certified chiropractor um that knows i think it's it's called the webster technique which basically means that they're trained to work on pregnant women so basically just make sure that the chiropractor you go to was trained to work on pregnant women. Um, but that was amazing one to help with like pain and discomfort, but then also to just help your body be in a good, uh, alignment and position to help birth go smoother. And so that's another thing, especially, I mean, really throughout your whole pregnancy, but especially like in the third trimester as you're preparing for labor. Um, and then, yeah, did you do any like, I'm trying, now all these things are flooding back to me. Did you drink any like teas or do anything like that to like um, help prep for labor? What's that one tea? An evening primrose oil for some reason is like sticking out to me. Is that something that you're supposed to take yeah. or do to like, um, that's to like loosen the cervical mucus or cervical membrane yeah. or something? Yeah, it's something, it depends. Sometimes they recommend that, yeah, for like preparing your uh, cervical membrane, or what is it? Cervical softening um, before labor. And then I did the like, so there's red raspberry leaf tea. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. Which, yeah, which, um, again, like you do research on all that. Because a lot of these things, you have to wait until certain points, like at the near the end of pregnancy, because you don't want to take them sooner because they can, you know, they're meant to encourage labor, which obviously you don't want to do until you're near the end of pregnancy. Um, but yeah, and then actually this pregnancy, I learned about something called Nora tea, which what is, is a mixture of it's nettle, oat straw, red raspberry leaf and alfalfa. Oh, wow. Which it's like a tea that's just supposed to be good. It's for a lot of things and it's, to help prep your body for labor, but then also I think it's like oat straw and alfalfa are both good for milk production. And then, um, so I started drinking that. I forget at what point, but I just ordered like all the loose leaf stuff online and then like made it myself, which you have to kind of get used to the flavor. It's kind of earthy, but, um, but you can okay. drink it After- whenever, right? What do you mean? Like, you can drink it, like, you could drink that tea whether you're pregnant or not pregnant, right? Yeah, I mean, if you're not pregnant, but um, but I think, if I remember correctly, if you are pregnant, you want to wait until a certain point to t- start drinking it because certain things in it, like the red raspberry leaf, can encourage labor. So, mm. some, yeah, so just check on that. I forget at what point they said you could start drinking it. Um, but I think I waited until my third trimester, I think is when I started drinking it. And again, um, like you can talk to your, uh, um, but anyway, yeah, provider too, you know, 
before drinking anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's the other great thing. Like, I'm so thankful with going with um, a uh, midwife and home birth with Judah is, like, they have so much more information and stuff um, to give you. And, like, and maybe that's, like, another episode we could do sometime just discussing um, the differences between, like, home birth and hospital birth and the benefits potentially of like going with a midwife. Um, I mean, I would highly recommend it. I know everyone has their own way of doing things. And, um, you know, and I've heard people say basically like you should just birth where you feel the most comfortable, um, which I, I agree with, but also just like, anyway, yeah, I have really learned about the benefits of um, midwifery care. I think right, that well, having I a think... midwife would be really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I feel yeah, like more great. and more people in our generation have started doing that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I loved it. I would 100%. You know, as long as everything was checking out, I would 100% do it again if we have another baby. Um. Yeah, I mean, I think hopefully – I feel like a lot of this stuff was kind of all over the place because – Truthfully, at least for me, I feel like in a lot of ways, I'm still learning and just even processing my pregnancy experiences and stuff. So um, a lot of this, I think, was just Emily and I like sharing and processing. And um, But I hope hopefully it was helpful and encouraging. I just because I know like some of our goal with these podcasts is to, you know, encourage and also hopefully like inform. But I also feel like, at least for me, a lot of the ways I like to learn best is like just especially about things with like motherhood and stuff is just from hearing women share their experience because it's like I'd rather hear from someone like, hey, I actually did this and this is how it went than from someone saying, oh, here's the options of what you can do and here's the benefits like and they haven't necessarily experienced it themselves. So even though I feel like a lot of the things we shared were very informal Um, I, I just, at least for me, I feel like that's how I learned best. It's just from hearing people share their own experiences. So hopefully it was helpful for you guys. Um, you know, for those of you who are either currently expecting or, you know, hope to be in the future and seriously, yeah, like share, like if, if you are someone who's had children, if there's women around you that you can share your experience with, like, I know I, I like greatly appreciated that, um, especially as a first time mom. So, you know, look for women that you can encourage and, and share with. Um, and if you are expecting there's, I'm sure plenty of moms around you as well, who would be happy to share their experience and the things that they've learned. Um, and it's just invaluable. Like that's the biggest credit I can give is to like the moms around me who had already gone through it, who I could talk to. So including Emily. She, <laughs> she, uh, <laughs> she thankfully was first, first between us and I got to glean from her experience. <laughs> <laughs> I know all of my wonderful words of wisdom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Poor you. I feel bad. Cause you didn't really like, you were the first of all of us to, I know I was kids, like, so I was you the, the to- test dummy. I was like, I was pig. just throwing, yeah, I was like thrown out to the wolves. Here, Emily, go have a baby for, actually, just kidding, have two of them and see how it goes. 
Like, <laughs> and then I would call and be like, Stacy, my life is imploding. And she would be like, oh, I'm so sorry. I don't oh, know what that's I'm, like. I would do my best to be encouraging, yeah. but not I'm, knowing what to say. And I'm praying for you, Emily, but I'm so yeah. glad that it's not me and it's you. <laughs> Oh, oh my man. gosh. It's so funny. All right, you guys. So that like pretty much wraps up our episode for this week. Um, and we had a lot of fun talking about pregnancy. Um, and I hope that you got some little nuggets from our experience. And, you know, as always, if you have any questions, like we're here, we're happy to help. You know, we're not medical professionals. We, are just moms living the dream. Um, we're trying to do the best that we can and we're trying to provide y'all with, um, you know, some tips and tricks and, um, just a, a different variety of knowledge so that you guys kind of have options. Um, so next week we will be talking all things birth and postpartum. So it's going to be an interesting episode. We hope to share things from our own experience along with share with you maybe some things as a new mom going into possibly being a new mom or even a seasoned mom that you might not know about birth. I feel like there's a lot of things that were kind of hidden in my opinion where I was like, oh, that's interesting. Didn't know that was going to happen. Um, so we will be having fun next week. We'll also be sharing our own experiences and stuff like that. So I hope that y'all tune in. But before we go, I wanted to read a passage from Psalms 139.13. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. So I just think that that's a really beautiful um, passage and just really brings it back to like how God sees um, pregnancy and sees the baby in the womb and things like that. It is a gift from God. And we as mothers are so blessed to hold this beautiful baby in our bodies that it, it truly is a blessing, even though it can be crazy, you know, and we talk about how stressful it is and, you know, peeing all the time and swollen feet and stuff like that. And I mean, those are the not fun parts, but when you really sit back and think about it, it is so cool that we, you know, we're gifted this opportunity to grow a human inside of us. It's, it's wild and, and really, really cool. But, and honestly, I think one of the biggest things, you know, and we can talk about this more next week, but it's so cool and beautiful. And again, I know like kind of jokingly and, you know, we tend to focus on the negative things of pregnancy as far as, you know, just like that it is difficult and, you know, feeling huge and feeling nauseous and, but, you know, like Emily said, it's, it is so amazing and it's so cool. And especially I remember with like experiencing it for the first time when I was pregnant with Penelope and just like every week seeing the things that were developing and how she was growing. And it was just like so cool and so amazing that, that 
like a little human was growing inside of me. And, um, and yeah, and it's just, it's so amazing to be able to experience that and share that. And, and then, you know, on top of that, then, you know, then you get to birth a baby and then you have a beautiful little baby. And anyway, it's just extremely cool. And, you know, it's totally worth all of the, um, swelling and peeing and vomiting and everything. So, um, but yeah, we, before we head out tonight, let's just go ahead and pray and then, um, we will take a break and we'll see you guys next week. Dear Lord, thank you so much for this time. Thank you that we can come together, that we can talk about our experiences, that we can share with each other and learn from each other. And I just thank you so much for the opportunity as women um, to be able to conceive and carry and birth babies. Um, I thank you for the blessing that it is and the miracle that it is that we get to be a part of that process, that you have chosen us to be the ones to um, carry and birth our babies. And um, just for how cool it is and the way that you've chosen to have people come into the world and that it gets to be through us. Um, and so I just thank you for, for that opportunity. And I just pray that you would encourage women and moms who, um, are expecting or who want to be expecting that, that you would help them as they, they do experience some of the harder parts of pregnancy, whether it's nausea or pain or discomfort or, um, even, you know, medical problems or, or potential medical problems with their babies and, and just so many things that can cause fear and anxiety. And I just pray that you'd be with, be with those moms, Lord, please just guard their minds from unnecessary fears, from unnecessary concern. And I just pray that you would see them through those difficult situations, help them to know that you are in control, that that um, that you will see them through whatever situations come up for them or for their babies, and and um, I just pray that that you would strengthen them, help them to know the strength that's in their bodies, and that you've designed their bodies to be able to birth their babies, and and um, I just pray that you would also help us as women to encourage and support each other. If um, you know, if we know moms who are in that phase right now, that we would reach out to them, support them, and um, just encourage each other to remember that you have equipped us to do this, that you have chosen us to do this, and that you will give us um, all the strength and skills and everything that we need in order to be able to do it. And so thank you again for being with us and just for the gift of, of pregnancy and birth and motherhood and I just pray that you'd be with us each this week and that we would remember that you are with us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, you guys. Well, we will be back next week. We're going to get a little bit into our birth stories, and um, I'm super excited to hash that out and <laughs> share that with you guys. And um, so we will see you guys back here next week. So just remember that we love you guys, and we hope you have a good week. Bye, guys.
Join us for a new episode every Monday as we continue to share our journeys of faith, marriage, and motherhood. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and feel free to leave a review or comment. We would love to hear from you. You can also find us on Instagram at momcallingpodcast. Until next time, thanks for listening. And remember, there is so much joy in this journey.